Welcome to Oh Brother, a podcast of three brothers trying to figure it all out. It's your hosts, Brandon, Colin, and Aaron. On this week's show, he was not playing. Ahoy! Ahoy! Uh, how goes it? Not pretty good. Trying to not be overheating to death because it's very hot outside and I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> I'm, you don't like 107, 105 or whatever it is outside? Weird. Not, no, not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, as I, as I have good. said before, Thanks. Thanks, my, um, my, my heritage gives me a plus two to cold damage, uh, but I'm, I'm worthless. In- yeah. <laughs> yeah wrong uh wrong way here um <laughs> yes and i um so if you hear me drinking the water that i should have drunk five hours ago <clears throat> ah <clears throat> okay dad wait a way to hydrate appropriately oh wait you save it all to the very end of the day, and then you cram it all in at the same time. That's right. I mean, so that's, you save it. You save it until you have a debilitating headache. You feel nauseous. You can't stand up, and then <laughs> and then you drink all the water. Right? Is that how it works? Yeah. I. I Something like you, that. I. Is there any other way? I mean, really, let's. Uh, uh, I mean, yes. Thank you for um, subscribing to the uh, top tips today on our brother of uh, proper hydrating techniques. Don't uh, is actually what we're getting to. No, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So here's here's my top tip. Okay. Now, there is this uh, new invention, right? It's called <clears throat> a bottle. Now, now, bottles are great because you can put inside this bottle anything you want to including water i know i know it's amazing so listeners if you are also in an extreme heat advisory for multiple days in a row uh then you too can put some water in a bottle and drink it all throughout the day and not save your hydration till you get home like colin in our <laughs> debilitating <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and i i have done quite a good job of of hydrating um today i just not so much i i i, I lagged a little bit i was drinking throughout the day just not nearly enough and um when you are Doing the dog walking and the pet sitting, going inside of homes, uh, sitting in hot cars for extended periods of time, and then also talking and teaching people. Uh, you do a lot of things, and then you're like, huh, I'm kind of, hmm, I'm a little, a little dry in the mouth. Oh, no, that's a sign of dehydration. I need to go fix that. <laughs> it's true. It sneaks up on you. Right. It's the problem. That's the other problem. It's very sneaky. Because basically, I, I, I imagine that uh, we work the same way from what it sounds like. But it's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Dead. Right. It's like there's no. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I very I don't always have this like, oh, man, I'm starting to flag. Nope. It's like good, 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 good. Totally not good. 
So like you have to be aware, right? You have to like know, okay, I don't feel bad yet, but I will if I don't drink this right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it, it is, it is very much like that. I am the exact same where I'm perfectly fine. Usually what happens is it's, it's, it's like, as soon as I stop forward momentum or if like, Oh, let me stop and sit down or do something. And then it's like, Oh no, this is bad. Right. Like that's, that's what happens. Your body like so, catches up to you, right? You're like, oh hey, yeah, here I am. Blam! Like <laughs> thought you were doing okay, but you weren't. You're not. <laughs> but it was a lie. Ah, it right. was a lie all along. It was. Been very busy this week. Um, let me tell you what you want to do is um, right before the busiest travel period for a couple months, you want to rip out all of your software internals hire a brand new person uh you know and just and then like move schedules around and uh yeah so that's that's my pro business tip um uh i didn't really think about this because i apparently am the only person in the united states that does not think that the fourth of july is a travel holiday right like i don't think about the fourth of july is like going far afield and like do it like that i've never associated yeah. the fourth of july with traveling and i think <clears throat> apparently according to the news i am the only one right so <laughs> like i've been reading like yeah crazy travel delays right obviously the northeast had a bunch of storms apparently i just got home just in the nick of time before like all the flights started being delayed due to like crazy weather and all kinds of stuff. So apparently my sneaking home was much more fortuitous than I thought. But like <clears throat> the whole week, it's been like horrible. Like all these places are like crazy. And then like now it's the 4th of July, right? So listeners, 4th of July, American Independence Day is upon us. Um, and apparently this is a holiday for vacationing and traveling far afield uh-huh I, I don't i never associated those two things together and so it's very confusing right because i'm just like oh yeah my fourth of july is very low-key like i just go to the park over here and watch fireworks that's it that's all i do try to figure out which restaurants are closed and which ones aren't for takeout but that's the other that's the other mystery. Right? So like who knows? And so yeah, I I thought about you either today or yesterday whenever uh <clears throat> I, I learned that the fourth of July was a massive travel holiday. So how's that going? <laughs> it, it's it's so bad. It's really bad. I mean, it's good. It's fine. It's just we could t- we could tell, I mean, that it was gonna it was gonna the onslaught was about to happen because a week and a half ago we started to get inquiries. Okay, so we had just just newly launched the software, getting it implemented. We ripped it out. We threw it in. We we ourselves did not know all of the steps <laughs> that we would that we would take that w- what we would do, um, and. 
but and we started to get people asking for services and it was all these people who were looking for boarding 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 and it was because all of the boarding places were full 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 <laughs> and that's and so if we don't capture people prior like a couple months prior to this we get the overflow of people who typically board their dogs but waited too long to board mm-hmm. and now are looking for their other options because they have their travel booked yeah and they um uh wanted to and now they're looking for this this new stuff <clears throat> so uh we were frantically trying to nail down our new process because it does not match how we used to onboard people or our new inquiry process because and i was like i was generating these new forms and all this stuff and yeah i mean we are we are so slammed weirdly in in one location we were slammed this weekend from like well today through tuesday thursday or wednesday yeah today to wednesday and then it flips and then the following weekend we're crazy busy in the other location (laughs) so so much so that i have to go fill in at the other location uh to take up slack there because we have so much overflow that my four staff members can't take it all (laughs) so geez louise um, that's insanity it's yes it is it's absolutely madness and it's all pretty much from existing clients people who were ready they i mean they they've been using us for a year or so we have very few brand new clients this weekend because we booked up so much and i mean i was telling people like now we're full too uh but if you want to move forward with our onboarding like so to get ahead for next time then that's not very never satisfying for anybody and we're yeah second or third choice for those people and you're so still full Sorry. it's not going to make suckers. a big difference yeah, still so the, full. The moral right? of the story yeah. is... We had one lady contact us in... Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, the moral of the story is, when you're planning your trip, don't forget about your pet. Shock. I know. You've planned everything months in advance. Plan for your dog, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... It's, it's exactly what happens. Um, and... And I know people take last minute trips all the time. And so, you know, it's easy for them to book a new plane ticket or easy for them to book the hotel. And then they go and look and try and find pet care. Like then that, then that becomes the problem. And so we have people who have paid the airlines. They've got the hotel. They, you know, rented the car and we're sitting there going like, sorry, I can't. I can't help you. Like I physically, I physically can't like my staff member tonight, like she's, she started working at five and she just works straight till 1030 uh, tonight. And the same thing, like every night in the mornings, we're starting at 6am and my morning person just has eight visits in a row, like just straight through. So it's like, I, there's no more room. <laughs> so there's no more room, um, which is crazy because it's one of those things of like, it's hard to, balance capacity with staff when you have such variation of man it's crazy I, we we have seven people working in this red area and we can't handle it all but also <laughs> two and a half maybe three weeks ago we if i had any more staff members we'd be like well uh you can 
twiddle your thumbs. <laughs> we'll be we'll be right back. <laughs> oh, and we found out that one of our clients who has a dog that's like terrified of uh, fireworks and all things. Um, <laughs> their cul-de-sac oh, no. has a fireworks display <laughs> on the first at night. <clears throat> that was fun. They like shut down the street to put it on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what ah oh geez. do it. <laughs> it's so, very not good. I don't know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, of course. Of course. So um, thankfully, I mean, he's a big dog. So I think I don't know. I I think he we're we're just gonna have to keep him in his kennel a bit longer than we normally would, uh, just for his safety and the safety of the house, which doesn't make me feel good, but we're going to have to do that because it's, it's, woo, wee, a lot. Oh man, that's terrible. Yeah. So we're, I, I have a, everybody, every one of the clients we're seeing is like, if they have a smart TV, like I'm turning on a YouTube, I'm going to a calming pet music YouTube channel. I'm blasting that on Amazon, you know, on Alexa's and all sorts of things. And um, we're just going to, and turning fans on high and trying to move pets to basements and things like that. Like we had, it's just, it's such an ordeal. And um, up in up North, uh, they are in an extreme drought. One of the worst in years. Um, our county was actually just declared a state of emergency because of the drought. Oh, and wow. so I hope. Yeah. Yes. It is real. Like it's, it's, it's uh, many of the, it's a heavy farming, it's an agricultural community and people are like, well, like, uh, you know, we're not going to have hay for the winter. And so we have to start culling the herd now, or we have to start, um, cutting our losses now and harvesting what we can and you know the, the the animals that they've been investing five ten years in or whatever like those you know those those are those are about to disappear just because they've got to thin th- things down because otherwise this winter they're going to be hurting even more so it's yeah. uh yeah it's really serious up there they've got a they've got a burn ban in effect um fireworks or uh, it's they're uh, we actually just got an email from the city that was like, hey, so extreme drought, state of emergency, fireworks banned. You can barely grill outside. We, the, the city is going to put on one fireworks display. Come and see it. Don't put it on your own. Thanks. Right. It was, it was, it was very much that tone of like, we'll do it. Stop. Don't <clears throat> so bother. You don't have to. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, you don't have to. We'll put one on. You can see it from everywhere. We'll do it, right? It's we do it every year, but we're still going to do it. But also, you don't, right? That's the deal, guys. Right? 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 <laughs> it's not the case. Not the case. Because we all know, we all know that droughts and burn bans and no fireworks is uh, fascist. So. We have to exercise against that by lighting everything off at the same time. Mm. Yeah, or you could not do that. Um, yeah, there was a, it was a long t- 
time ago now, but they have canceled ours before as well for drought-based reasons. So I can't remember how many years ago that was. I feel like it was a long time. Yeah. But <clears throat> but still. No. no good. Aaron, are you surviving heat yeah. in Oklahoma? Uh, surprisingly, is it as bad there as it is here? Surprisingly, yes. Um, we've, uh, the last several days, I've actually been up there working on our fields. And we have a big sprinkler thing, but they were like, oh, yeah, a few years ago, we actually had a, um, ah, all of my headsets acting. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it kept beeping at me and it got scared. But we, um, oh, okay. <laughs> like a few years ago, they were like, oh, yeah, um, we had a water shortage. So, like, we couldn't, like, do, like, anything. I'm like, but, but why? And so, but thankfully there, there hasn't been anything yet, but I was sitting there mowing today while I was sitting there weed eating and I looked at my phone and it's like temperatures and blah, 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 104. I was like, you know what? I'm done for the day. And so <laughs> I uh, packed up, sent whatever kids I had home. I was like, all right, goodbye. And so I just went straight home because yeah, it was like hot and where I'm at, it's just like field. So there's no like, real cover from like the elements whatsoever yeah and so i was like uh. hey um yeah i'm going home so bye and, <laughs> and i've been i've been up there since monday and i got i mean i'm sunburned i am <clears throat> all scratched up like it's it, it, it's bad but thankfully like a few days ago there was a rainstorm that came through um and that kind of helped some oh sure but yeah it's it just been blistering up there and our our little ac unit's been been chugging along as best as possible because it's so hot yeah so it's not better in oklahoma that's what i've learned today did you you weren't here for this part earlier but did you actually drink water today unlike colin you guys are really quiet on my turn so did i take oh water to what did you drink water today? Unlike your oh, brother? Yes. Uh, I had to stop at a gas station because I brought water up there and I was up there for like three or four hours and I was immediately gone with it. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> and so thankfully all the way back, I stopped and got some water. Like, I think I like stopped twice because I just chugged it. And I was like, Ooh, I need more. Okay. Good job. Way to be better than Colin. at this excellent, excellent work. <laughs> I just gotta, I just gotta keep keep reminding myself to put sunscreen on. Other than that, I'm good. Oh, that's difficult, <laughs> though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm you saying, Colin? drinking I'm, I'm, <laughs> plenty of water. It's fine. I'm drowning in water. Not literally over here. Look, it's. it's mm, mm. It's fine. No, no. No, that was no, that don't was drown in water. That's inappropriately not stated. That's too much. Too <laughs> too much water. Uh, right. You don't want to do that. I um uh, <laughs> I had uh, a very awkward <laughs> moment uh this week. It was wonderful. Uh so we do new client onboardings where people request our services, we go over to their ho- their homes. Um and we have streamlined this process now with our new software where we've taken a lot of the questions that we asked in home and we've added those to the profile that they fill out 
So it, it's reduced the number of new questions we have to ask, or I'm going to say reduce the number of standard questions that we have to ask now when we're there. Now we can ask for more just localities, right? We can have them write a description of where the food will be stored or where the cleaning products are, or where these things are. Um, but it, now we have to adjust our time because these questions have been built out. I built these questions out over the last seven years for, to fill 30 minutes because that's usually how much time we spend. So I'm still adjusting to this and, and how to fill that time and getting a feel for the way things are. Um, and I'm 10 minutes into this meet and greet and the, if there's a lull in the conversation, the guy walks over and goes, well, I got a sales pitch for you. I was like, oh no, 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 I don't. He goes, what are you? Uh, oh, and I'm there with my, with my new, my new, uh, staff member. He, he's shadowing me on this visit and he goes, uh, what do you two gents doing this Friday? And, uh, you know, 11, 1145. And uh, and I say, oh, yeah, walking dogs, probably. Why? What what have you got going on? (laughs) And he's like, well, you know, I got this uh, got this group that we get together every week. Uh, It's at this restaurant. And, uh, you know, first time attendees get a free lunch uh, on us. And, um, you know, it's a it's a group and we we refer out to each other. uh, And I want to make sure that it's going to be a good fit. And. There's a couple different chapters in the area, and uh, I know uh, there's I know there's another uh, a pet sitter um, that in another one, and, and I tried to use them, but they're fully booked, so I knew I needed to find somebody else. Yeah, that makes me feel really great. Thank you, thank you for that, sir. That, I really feel wonderful about that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no. You like you don't and, like being the no. third choice. No. Anyways, and uh well anyway uh we get together and you know we we agree that we'll refer out to one another and you know if it's a good fit you know you get a couple hundred people in the group and you know you meet up and it's you know it's it's, it's a really great way if you're you know if you're interested in you know if you want if you want to get more clients you know you can definitely you know join that way so uh what do you say <laughs> well i'll um I'll, i uh, yeah i yeah, i have to check my sketch thank you that, i really pre- i'll you know i don't i don't know what's going on I'm, you know thank you really wow that's wonderful uh sounds no. good and my my new staff member goes wow that's really great you guys help support one another that's wonderful and I'm like, stop talking don't engage look disengage stop it <laughs> what <do> you stop? <laughs> yeah. and uh basically it's a ref- you know I'm, I'm like, no, I will not go to your cult. I have other things to do. Uh, I do not need to go to this uh, event or this, you know, partake in your ceremonies. And that whole conversation took like another four minutes to work through of the awkward stammerings and like trying to move on and him kept coming back to it. And then that like 16 minutes, I was like, well, we're done here. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and I just feel, I know I feel bad about it, but at the same time, I'm just like, oh, I just can't, I can't, I can't. No, thank you. Stop it. It's not, I'm going to say, it's not as bad as the one time that one of our clients invited us over to their home for a meeting and it was an, and it was an MLM. It was an MLM. Oh, right. I, yes. I remember this. I remember the whole episode is basically about why MLMs are terrible, but that was, I do remember that. So that was fun. 
that was not fun. No, thank you. So anyway, that I experienced that this week, and afterwards I was like talking to my trainee. I was like, "So yeah, that happens sometimes." And he was like, "That was really awkward." I was like, "Yeah, it was. It was, wasn't it, buddy? It was." But what is uh, what have you been been what have been up to? Um, not a whole lot, really. Again, trying to stay out of the heat. That is number one because I. I'm not about that life. I'm not going outside when it's 105 degrees. No, thank you. So I've just been messing around inside, uh, doing some stuff, getting caught up from being gone. Uh, not, not too much. Mostly watching TV. Yeah, yeah, pretty much it. Right, that's pretty much. Uh, did you know this snuck up on me? James May's cooking show. There's a second season out. Who that snuck up on me, right? I didn't know that happened. So I'm gonna have to watch some of that. Uh, getting ready for the Tour de France. Eh? Starts on Saturday, right? Uh, watching a little Gold Cup soccer. Trying to figure out why Qatar is playing in the Concacaf Cup, but that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. That's okay. Uh, there's <laughs> uh, that's about it, really. <clears throat> I did watch uh some. Oh. There's a mini review time. Watch some Reacher on Amazon, right? Watch some of that. I was like, oh, I heard that might be good. So I watched that season this week, uh, season one of Reacher. Uh, it's true. Show oh, what you like most? <laughs> Pretty good, right? It's very like mis- mystery y. Oh, what'd you like most about it? Go ahead. Um, I thought it was a good, like, so it's very, like, uh, I don't it's very intense, right? It's like a mystery. They're like, you know, there's this like weird mystery, like going all the way through of like what happened. Uh, you know, the inciting incident is like these people get killed by the side of the road. And they're just like, like what? Uh, Ooh. What? <laughs> and so it's like Jack Reacher, who is, uh, you know, stereo. He's like a Jason Bourne type, basically, right? Uh, it's from like a book or something, I guess. But he's like a Jason Bourne type guy, uh, military investigator, special operations stuff. Uh, and he gets caught up in this investigation in this like small town in Georgia. So it's really interesting how it's all kind of connected together, like the slow uncovering of uh, what the goings on and stuff like that. So it's pretty good, right? It's very riveting. The word would be riveting, I believe. Like it's the pacing is very good. I harp about this a lot of times on like TV shows, right? Like this, where the pacing is very excellent. So it's like an hour or whatever. It's like huh. done, right? Oh, oh, gotta watch. I can watch another one now. Let's go. So that's you know, you should watch that. There you go. Recommend. Do recommend that one. <laughs> wasn't there a wasn't there a movie with Tom? <laughs> didn't Tom Cruise play? Who who played? Wasn't there a movie about Jack Reacher or Jack? Okay, so yes, 
there are now I don't I'm they're very confusing. There are two fictional characters named Jack that are like actiony. Uh this one is like uh, uh I can't remember the author name here. But yes, uh there is a film, right? Uh, yes, there's several films. Uh because it's a book. They're books by hold on. Mm. Lee Child. Yes, of course. Of course. Lee Child. So he's like a he's one of those like really prolific authors who just like writes like two hundred thousand books a year. So there it's like a pretty well known <laughs> series and it has been adapted to film several times. Yes, including uh Tom Cruise, I believe. But I have never seen any of those or read any of the books. Um, I only have watched this, <laughs> this series on Amazon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so there we go. Right. But uh, I also learned so that's the Jack Reacher. There's also uh, and the a guy Jack from the Ryan from the office fictional character now played him that is Tom in a TV Clancy. series, right? Also, seventy thousand movies, including like Harrison Ford yes. and like all this stuff, right? And yes, yeah, on Amazon also. So that is also where it's slightly confusing because there's two. So yes, there's two fictional characters Uh, named Jack in this very large, expansive universe. I also started watching the first series of Jack Ryan. I didn't like it as well. I'm not. I'm only like halfway done. Well, it's much slower, right? Tom Clancy is like that. It's like very slow and like blah. And there's like a couple episodes you're like, I don't even why? What are you doing? So it's just like a very slow build, right? I guess it's supposed to be suspenseful. But like you know, whatever. The first season is older too, right? So it's the first season. I think every season is like a different story arc I imagine but like the first season is like of 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 Jack Ryan okay it's very slow build it's very blah it's like stereotypical like middle eastern terrorist doing terroristy things for unknown reasons and he's like you shadow like <clears throat> this is a trope in 2023 that has been like hammered into the ground mercilessly I'm sure when Tom Clancy wrote this book, it was like cool, but like, eh, right? It's just not riveting or interesting. Like, weird murder mystery in small town Georgia was much more of a draw for me than Middle Eastern terror plot. Right? Like, is it? Isn't that so? Isn't that rough though? Whenever you. Uh, maybe to, the other seasons are better. I might like, find decide, out. I decide to watch do I bit, commit more to this the first to see if it will get like, better? Man, or do I try man, and man. you know just run while I can? Right, yeah, cut my losses. <laughs> like that's that's not a good place to be in. <laughs> cut my losses. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> um, and so, 
I don't know what to do. I'm not going to commit a lot of time to it because I watched the Reacher show like very quickly, right? If I watch more Jack Ryan, it will be like a much more spaced out affair to where I don't. I'm not going to commit to watching like multiple episodes per day. I will find something more interesting to do with my time than that because I think it's just not, at least this first season, again, only watch part of the first season. It's not that riveting. So like, I'm not just like grasped by it. I don't really, I'm not super invested in any of the people or care that much about what's happening. Hmm. So if you just like watch it every once in a while, it, it, it'll be fine. Right. Like, Oh, I'll watch it a little bit here or a little bit there. Like, mm, it's fine. It's all right. <clears throat> Aaron, have you ha- do you have to find yourself in this ever? Do you ever? I know you probably don't have a lot of time, Coachman, to watch things like that. But what do you do whenever you get there? Have you ever been in a place where you're like, you don't know if you want to keep watching it or what? Do you have any examples of that? Uh, there's a few times where I'll start like a TV series. Um, like especially like with people who are like, all like hyping it up, like oh man, this is so good, and then it's like, oh, well, me, um, there's what show am I watching? There's, I, I it, it was off and on with what we do in the shadows, that kind of mockumentary about like the vampires, um. That oh, yeah. for a little bit to me was like I was watching it and then it kind of got like not repetitive but like the first half of season one I was like well well, I mean it's supposed to get better right and then episode after episode I was like oh well man but it was something to watch and something like I'm not typically used to watching and so I gave it a try and I started to really like it after a while and so that that took me a good chunk of time, but I was like weeks into like invested, and then finally like it, it broke. But yeah, there was there was a good um, show, or I had that really bad with movies, or it's like it it starts and I'm like, well, this is disappointing. I don't want to watch it anymore. But I, I know like what we do in the shadows, like. When I first watched it, it was kind of like that. Well, this is not like the best, but yeah, it's not like terrible. And I, that for me was like a, a you know a slog fest. I had to get through yes. everything. Uh, just go through it. Yeah, I we talked about it on here before too, but I felt the same way when I watched Wheel of Time. Right, I I still haven't decided if I'm gonna watch season two if and when it comes out because season one i felt just like you described like it was such a slog right it was like uh, it's not even like a couple episodes i was like almost Uh, hate watching it like i just want to get through this (laughs) maybe there's not that many episodes left i was like there was like two episodes left or whatever and i was like okay i can do it i'm gonna power through (laughs) Not a stunning endorsement for that show, but I, I felt like that with that one too. That was another one. I was like, oh gosh, I don't. Ugh. It comes down to pacing, I think. I'm going to harp on them and just 
flog this horse forever, but like some sometimes it's just yeah. not good. Right. Oh, it's just like boring. <laughs> How are the fields coming along? Well, I'll ask you that. <clears throat> well, I haven't been up there uh, the last few days because it's rained so much. Oh, really? And yeah, so we, we got like after we got home from Fourth of July because we went to the drillers game, um, it like poured all night. And so I was like, ah, I bet I don't have to go up fields uh today um and i didn't because it like it rained like all day even today and so tomorrow i might go up and and mow and try to get the sprinkler on just in case but i've had been having problems with just utilizing the sprinkler because it's just been a pain in the butt so i'll um i'll see what they look like but i I, everyone says that like my superintendent and some of the school board members like oh this is a that's the best this field's ever looked. And I was like, really? I've only put water on it. Like, how? <laughs> what have they done before? So, you probably don't want to know. <laughs> is, is the um, is is the sprinkler just old, um, or is it broken? So it it gets clogged very easy. So it's called it's called a water reel, and you it it, it basically looks like it's got these two like big old tires. And it's a hose, like a really thick hose, just coiled around it and attached to the sprinkler. It's it's like an L-shaped sprinkler that has a sprinkler head and has wheels on the base. And it's attached to this hose. And you pull that out to wherever you need to. And you uh, plug it into the water source. And then you set it on kind of like a little timer. And the, the water pressure itself will, like, pull the like will pull the sprinkler back in and huh. so it's um, it's just this long like imagine like you know growing up like we'd set the sprinkler out on something and you just like slowly pulled it while it was on that's basically uh-huh. what it is i see and typically it's supposed to spray like anywhere between like 30 to like 50 feet but for some reason mine's clogged uh, because the sediment just gets into it, like all the sand and rocks, and so I have to clear that out. And I guess I didn't put it on correctly, and so the water pressure isn't like super great right mm. now. And so it's kind of more of a sputter than anything. So I might have to spend most of my time doing that. But if I if I mow it because it's Bermuda grass, so I got to get it like really low, and then just put a bunch of water on it like every single day or every other day just to make it look decent. So. That's that, that. That's the only because other schools have like in ground systems, uh-huh. where they're like on a timer and they pop up in the ground. Um, I'm not that fortunate, at least not yet, anyways. Um, but yeah, I gotta, I gotta like get in there with you know whatever I have and just you know, turn it on, flip the switch, and then just kind of let it go. Okay, and is that yeah. is that how often do you is um, is that a daily thing multiple times a day like what's I'll, kind of the regimen i usually i'll go up like every day especially last week um because i didn't really have like a whole lot going on i would go up like every day um i'd open up the hitting facility for any of the kids that wanted to come up and hit and then i would just go like mow and work on the field uh this huh. week um we're in what's called dead week so I can't I can't have kids do any like school activities. 
but I could still go up and like take care of the fields or do all that stuff. But since it's been um, 4th of July and spending time with Shelby, I haven't so far. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So when do you start? Um, when are you going to start actively using it? So when's your first um, we'll, we game will start, on it? We will start practice. Um, July 17th. And that is when we'll like really go like, like, we'll have like legitimate practice because beforehand up to a certain point, we won't have, we can't practice. Um, Hmm. And so we'll, um, because like I have, as of right now, I have like 13 or 14 kids signed up and um, we have coaches clinic coming up in July. And so we have to go to that. We have to attend and get into like a rules meeting. But uh, July, uh, July 17th is when we'll fully start practice. practice. Very cool. Very nice. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. Nice. Brandon, welcome back. <clears throat> I've been here the whole time. What are you talking about? Everything's fine. <laughs> I know. I know. So, Aaron's <laughs> terrible internet is traveling north. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, so, so I don't know fun. what's going on there. Right, we'll just talk really <laughs> fast. Uh, so go flip to page three of the script and we'll jump ahead. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, so uh, Brandon, what have you been up to? Um, What have I been up to? Well, let's see. Um, not too much, right? Went to the old 4th of July festivities at the park yesterday, right? Pretty good. My friends went into the park. They said it was very nice. We always just like go at night and then go over and sit on the golf course and just watch fireworks from across the road. You know, it's fine. But allegedly uh, there was fun to be had during the day. It was very hot yesterday though. So. We're like, mm, nah. <laughs> kind of been hanging out. Um, been pulled out the old guitar recently. Been having some summer guitar time. That's been very nice. Some little doing some of that, learning some songs, messing around there. Uh, since it's summertime, and I feel. I feel like it's time to practice my <clears throat> bossa nova guitar skills. Yes, that's right. So that's what we've been doing. We've been <laughs> nice playing exciting extended jazz shapes, right? And <clears throat> bossa nova rhythms. So that's very fun. There you go. Learning some new chord shapes that are really weird. Like I don't normally play that G flat seven sharp eleven. Who plays that? Nobody. Bossa Nova people, apparently, is the answer, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> what? Jazz musicians in their chords, right? <laughs> what What sets apart, uh, what's, what's some unique characteristics of uh, the Bossa Nova style? Uh, I think it's the, mostly the rhythm, right? You know, it's that very samba-y, Brazil-y sort of rhythm pattern they do, right? So that's just kind of that... Uh, <clears throat> Think like girl from Ipanema. Uh-huh. Boom. That da, that the guitar is in the back kind of like da 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 
da, 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 da. right so that's like it's that it's that rhythm pattern <clears throat> mostly okay so i'm just messing around with that because it's kind of fun although i do have to restring my guitar and that is not ever a thing that i like doing it's just so time consuming <laughs> oh no i have to do that because my strings are well they're dying right they're like <laughs> they're i can't i don't <clears throat> remember the last time i put strings on this guitar at all uh so it was very long ago indeed because i haven't played this particular one in a long time years and years so yeah that that's needs to happen like badly so that's gonna be this week as soon as they come in, I ordered them. <clears throat> and then I have to deal with the world's best customer service, which is kind of annoying, right? So if you buy things from Sweetwater, hashtag not sponsored. Yet. But, I mean, yeah, true. <clears throat> Maybe not after they hear this. Um, oh. I, they have a very the nice customer service people. Right, like you are as soon as you buy something, you are assigned a customer service representative, right? Yes. They send you an email. They give you their extension. They do all this stuff, right? That's cool. That's handy. But then they call you, right? And they're like, "Hey, I just saw you ordered something." Like, yeah, I I did, and I can't talk to you about it because I don't have it yet. What? Because it'll be here in a week because I just ordered it. (laughs) No. There, and they're all like, "Yo, you know, if you got any questions, call me up." Right. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool. I don't have any questions because I don't have the thing <laughs> that I ordered. Right. Oh. Now, this very robust customer service is really useful if you're going to buy like audio equipment. You want to buy like big stuff, right? If you're looking for like new headphones or like audio interfaces or microphones or like instrument purchases, right? That's cool. Right. This is kind of good, right? Because, you know, if you are buying like guitar stuff, you can talk to like the guitar people. You know, and they can like walk you through features and pros and cons of different stuff to help you make informed purchasing decisions, which is really good, right? If you're buying strings, if you're buying like one eight dollar strings, one set of strings, I yeah, like I don't (laughs) need that level of customer service for my like. $8 $8 string purchase. I mean, I did buy two sets of strings. So like, Ooh. maybe big, that was the spender t- over but here. like, yeah. Right. So <laughs> for very small purchases, it's like annoying. Right. Yeah. You're like, bro, I need, I just bought some strings. I just bought some guitar picks. I don't, don't call me. Right. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need help making a decision that was $5. That's really not what I need in my life. If I'm going to make a big purchase, I'll call you first before I buy it. Right. Cause you know, sometimes they can like cut you deals and stuff. You call it, so, you know, they can like work magic and they can hook you up with stuff, you know, <clears throat> but like for $5, I kind of don't need to talk to you. Right. <laughs> I've talked to them about other stuff before, but not this. <laughs> so it's like, okay, man. <laughs> Stop. Oh no. <clears throat> Ugh. Yeah. So that's the oh the other thing I did though. <clears throat> it's review time, boyos. You ready for this? Uh oh. I went 
to a movie theater with some friends of ours, right? Now, this is part and partial, a review of the movie that I saw and a review of the theater in which I saw said movie because this movie theater that we went to is like a vintage movie theater, Mm. right? This movie theater was built in 1939. Wow. Wham. So it's like one room, one screen, one showing, and that's what they show, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever movie's there, that's it. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> right? I like that so much. But, <clears throat> okay, but it's also it's better. It gets better. Wait for it. Oh. <clears throat> Matinee ticket prices. Seven dollars. <laughs> those are those are not matinee tickets prices. <laughs> that is at this movie theater. That is the matinee ticket price. Mm. Seven bucks. That's super cool. They're wow. like special Tuesday showing. Two dollars. <laughs> how? Boom. How do they make? How do they make money? Because that's not well. I think it's like a family-owned situation. Right. So they bought, I guess they bought this building and they kind of like have been renovating it slowly for a few years. Right. I think they um, unfortunately bought it in like right before COVID happened. Uh, so that sucks. But they, sure. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like really old. There's, you go inside, the inside's really cool. They have the sweet ceiling, have like a chandelier. The out, they have the ticket booth is out front in the little kiosk thing. Right. They have that. The dude just sits out there in the little old huh. old timey ticket booth. Yeah. <clears throat> uh the big marquee thing, I think, is gone. It's like not they don't have one of those. But they do have this uh like a little sign out front. It's really cool. It's called the flick, by the way. Oh. Put this in. <laughs> <laughs> Wanna give them some props here. Okay. Uh, it's like way down in like Anderson in like McDonald County. It's in the absolute middle of nowhere. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know what a movie theater is even doing way down there. Okay, but it is old timey. Me and my friends were talking about, and Susan was there too, right? We were talking about like, there's a whole lot of space in the front. And I think it's an orchestra pit (laughs) from when you would have live bands play the soundtrack of the movie. Because there's this big space down there with like a different kind of floor and stuff. And it's like, what is, what is that? And I was like, wait a minute. If this was built in 1939, is that because they would have like other things in here and possibly live music for screening system? <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So maybe that music might have been that. One. I'm not sure. Don't know exactly. Can't confirm. But any uh, film enthusiasts out there, let me know how this timeline works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's just one theater. It's got like their uh, website says 300 seats. That seems a bit big. Yeah. That, huh. that does not seem like all the chairs are worth. I didn't count them. But, you know. Well, you know, you can go back next time. Yeah. They have like, they have uh, old movie theater seats in there. So like, I, they're not like brand new ones. They're like kind of old. They're, some of them are yellow and gray. So that kind of tells you their age, right? <clears throat> but the beautiful thing here is they are feet apart <laughs> from front to back. Right. <laughs> so like, right. you sit down and I sat in my chair 
and I fully extended my feet out and I was nowhere near the feet in front of me. I was just like, <laughs> ah, <clears throat> ah, this is great. So not only are they, they're sort of like doing up the inside, right? The only thing I will say is their sound a bit wonky. I don't really know what's going on in there with their sound production, but uh-oh. It's a little bit hard to hear sometimes. And it wasn't just because it was because of the sound is like not I don't know what's going on in there. It's a little bit weird. <clears throat> but uh, it was really cool, right? It's very vintagey, very old timey, right? The bathrooms are really crazy and like teeny and small. And like <laughs> the other exciting thing about this is this sort of vintage aesthetic extends to the snack prices as well. Really? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Like, you can get, like, a big old popcorn for, like, $6. <laughs> so, it, this, is, this is where the real magic happens, right? Because we got, like, popcorn and drinks and, you know, candy. And it was, like, not that much. <laughs> Very few dollars. Yeah, right? I think, like, uh, the small popcorn... Right, you know what small and the smallest like the bag, right? It's mm-hmm. not like really small, but it's, that's like two or three bucks. That's not that's really like, good. Yeah, right. <clears throat> and like the bucket, I don't remember. We didn't get the bucket because that's that's crazy, right? That's, that's crazy. Long, nobody but, needs that. <clears throat> but it wasn't that expensive. I was looking at the prices. Like, who cares? That's not. It's not like. $25 like it right. would be like, the <laughs> which, which most places are <laughs> yeah so uh, but it was really cool it was really cool vibes in there right it was really neat so there wasn't a whole lot of people there right, we went on Saturday hmm so there wasn't tons of people in there but it was really cool right so it's really cool vibe the flick is awesome maybe we'll go back sometime if they have another movie I want to watch <clears throat> but okay. you go now, the movie review time. This is the spoiler-free edition, clearly, Ooh. because the movie's still in theaters, right? So, don't want to... There's other spoilers online you can read. Um, we went and saw Indiana Jones and the oh. Dial of Destiny. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, dun, 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 dun. dun, dun, dun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, if you have read anything about this movie on the internet, it's a very divided place. Right. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. Here's listeners, here what I, here's what I would advise you to do. Don't read any of that garbage. And just go watch the movie. Right? Because is the movie exceedingly fun to watch? Yes. Yes, it is. It's fantastic. <laughs> Just like a fun Indiana Jones movie, right? There's yeah. some like very deeper subtext going on. There's a lot of like, since this is a, a, allegedly the official last Harrison Ford Indiana Jones movie. Uh, sure, sure. Right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. There's lots of little like very subtle references to the other movies. Hmm. Right. You know, kind of like, it's interesting that, you know, like old Indiana Jones movies like referenced other movies, you know, kind of like in subtle ways. This yeah. one references old Indiana Jones movies, 
but it's kind of funny because Harrison Ford is 80 years old. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? <clears throat> like, there's just like little things that happen that remind you of the other movies. Nothing like super overt, right? He does make puns based on like, you know, that one, there's a line in one of the movies where he's like, it's not the years, it's the miles, right? Oh. Where he's doing something and there's like a younger counterpart. It's the lady, right? <clears throat> She's like giving him grief because he can't climb up this thing. And he's like, listen, have you ever drank the blood of Kali? Takes it out of you. I'll just wait here for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this is a funny line. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Good callback. Yeah, it's funny, right? So there is some, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Right. Is Harrison Ford old? Yes. Does the movie reference this? Yes. Also, yes. Right. Because there's definitely times where like, but like in a, in a way that makes sense. Right. Because like old Indiana Jones, I mean, young Indiana Jones, when he is like in a tight spot, he's going to like fight his way out of it. Right. Yeah. In this movie, 80 year old Indiana Jones is like, thwarted by much younger people right and it kind of makes sense and you can see it's frustrating for him and like he has to resolve these situations mm. in other ways and he has to rely on other people to do stuff right it makes sense kind of you know sure. what I mean <clears throat> so I thought the movie was good I liked it it was fun <clears throat> it was a nice if it is the last movie which should be uh it's a good one, right? It's good. It's pretty, like, the end is very, like, satisfying. I felt satisfied, right? As an enthusiast of Indiana Jones, I was satisfied. But Susan, <laughs> as, like, you know, she has seen them, at the, it, she liked the end of the movie. She thought it was good, right? She thought it was like, oh, yay. Right? Well, that's so, something. <clears throat> yeah. And there's a lot of other, like, nuances that you can discuss here. Maybe we do that later. Not now. Well, it's still in theaters. We'll let other people watch it. It's stuff, but like the dynamic between him and the 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 female character in the movie, it's his goddaughter, right? That's not spoilers. That's like established in the beginning. Um, okay. The the like at the beginning, you're like you don't like her because she is like all the things that young Indiana Jones was like very impulsive, doesn't care about stuff, like wants the money and wants the fame, right? Like oh, that's not what Indy became to represent, right? Yeah. And so, like, that's the dynamic. She reminds you a whole lot of, like, what a very young Indiana Jones would have been, right? And so that dynamic is playing off of what Indy is now, you know? Like, he's he now we know Indy really cares about the history and the learning and the understanding and, you know, understanding the past, valuing the lessons of history, where this girl at the beginning does not. Mm. And so that's sort of the conflict it plays and like her character has a little character arc where that she undergoes and she kind of comes to understand Indy in the end is like the culmination of that. Right. That's nice. But yeah, it's very nice. Very good. So it's cool. I thought it was good. And the opening part is like, I'll tell you about the opening scene because it's funny and it's the opening scene. So if you want to go see the movie, it happens in five seconds. <clears throat> so pause, and start, pause now and go. Yeah, pause now if you don't want any spoilers. Here's okay, welcome spoiler back, everyone. Review. Thank you for... Yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> so, at the beginning, it opens up in Nazi Germany, right? Okay, fair. This is Amaya, my friend who is a history teacher, that we decided that this is probably supposed to be like Kaliningrad, where mm-hmm. the Nazis are like evacuating and trying to take a bunch of their treasures with them as it's being bombed by the Allies, right? Okay. <clears throat> India is there looking for something, right? And the the scene, the movie opens with him with this person being brought into the to the leaders, the general's office or whatever, with the bag over the head, and they sit him down and they rip the bag off, and it's Indy wearing a Nazi uniform, and they're like, "We caught this guy sneaking the thing," because that's what he always would do in all the other movies. He would like punch somebody out and steal their clothes and then try to sneak into the thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's, that's how the movie starts. He gets caught like that. Nice. <laughs> like, so immediately it's like a reference to Raiders when he totally did that, right? And uh-huh. was trying to sneak into the thing with that. Well, that's cool. That's nice at least. Yeah. So there's lots of little references. Some of them are more overt than others, right? Like the have you ever drank the blood of Kali thing, which uh-huh. I thought was hilarious. But... <laughs> and so subtle references other references right sometimes it's just like it reminds you of what they're doing right like it just sort of like the situation they're in is like paying homage to something that happened before you know what I mean mm. so like yeah that kind of thing it like reminds you of other indie movies so it's very I liked it I thought it was good right uh, apparently half of the internet agrees with me Half of the internet says this is the worst movie they've ever seen in their entire life. <laughs> but the internet is just grumpy. Okay. That's what we've learned. The internet is just grumpy. And they don't like anything. Okay. Nothing. They don't like anything. There's nope. even when they post like on Catterday, right? People post pictures of cats. There's always somebody being like, I hate cats. This picture sucks. Like, it's a cat in a shoe. That's adorable. Be quiet. Mm. Okay. Stop it. <clears throat> Could be better. So, <clears throat> the other thing that I learned about the indie fandom while uh-huh. reading about the movie after I saw it, oh, is that there is no consensus whatsoever on which Indiana Jones movie is the best one. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's a very divided... Based on what I read and listed I saw, it was an extremely divided... Even the original trilogy. I, I can right? definitely back that one up because there's things that I watch on YouTube that are like, you know, the Last Crusade is the best one. No, this one's the best one. But ev- usually everyone talks like, can't agree that like the second one is not everyone's favorite, but then it's just all kind of chaotic from there. So I can definitely 100% agree with Brent State that huh. no one can figure out or decide which is the best. Yeah. Now, you did hit the nail there on the head because uh, Temple is the most divisive one of all time, right? I saw lists that put it as like, people's second favorite movie and I saw a list that put it behind Crystal Skull as like the worst movie anyone's ever seen it's so strange (laughs) that's bizarre it's so weird there's like no consensus whatsoever it's just like every single person has a different perspective about how good the Indiana Jones movies are and so that's why you should very if you read about the Indiana Jones movie should take those those musings with the grain of salt because you can be assured that your opinion is probably not the same as the person that wrote that. So <laughs> mm, that's 
Fair point. Fair point. Yeah, it's really weird. But my take is I thought it was a fun movie to watch. I enjoyed it. It did not, the movie's like over two hours long. It did not feel like a two hour movie. Right. Really? Yeah. It doesn't really feel that way. It does a lot of like, it jumps like, you know, like indie movies are like, here's this action thing. Here's this action thing. Here's this action thing. Right. It does a pretty good job of that. Right. Now it's Harrison Ford again being 80 years old. So like one of them is like a car chase scene. Okay. Still a lot. That's good. Right. Yeah. It's a way to move the action around and he's like driving a little tucked up motorcycle thing. <clears throat> huh. Right. The, there's another, you know, some chase scenes or some stuff. There's blah, blah, whatever. And then there's, they'll be like that. It's very indie. Like it's the thing, action sequence, you know, characters talking, action sequence. It's very like that. But it, it makes sense for an indie movie because that's what they're all like. Yeah. The only problem I have with this movie is the way that the bad guy they, this movie definitely has the trope where the bad guys magically know where Indy and his friends are oh. all the time right all the time they kind of have that yeah because they they talk to the screenwriter right they know yeah they're just <laughs> like they just like show up places you're like how did you what I mean I know you're like the bad guy but but also could you give me like one throw away line of dialogue telling me how you knew they would be here. <laughs> that would, that's all I need. Because <clears throat> it is indie. Like, oh, Dr. Jones, uh, you're so predictable. I knew that. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, boom. Makes sense. Got it. Other than that, there's a couple times the bad guys show up. You're like, how? How did you know that? Uh, we didn't even know where we were going. And we were watching the movie. Like, what is this? <laughs> right. <laughs> Other than that, it's fun. Right. And again, you want the movie to kind of go beat to beat to beat to beat. So I understand why you do that. It makes sense, you know, from a writing perspective, but it's kind of like, what? <laughs> Other than that, little small gripe. I thought it was fun. So <laughs> go watch Indiana Jones. Okay. And then rewatch all the other ones. <laughs> right. And then yell on the internet. Make your then life. No, you can just discuss kindly with each other <clears throat> about why Last Crusade is actually the best Indiana Jones movie. Okay, well, right. anyway. There you go. Got him. <laughs> Only because, here you go, that's my, that's my number one. Number two reasons why. Number one, yeah. uh, when we were little, we watched that one the most. Yeah. So I yeah. have strong, nostalgic feelings towards that movie, which people on the internet, you have to understand what you have are strong nostalgic feelings for Indiana Jones, not actual quantifiable evidence that one movie is better than the other one. You have nostalgia and a personal preference. Calm down. <clears throat> Number two, I like that movie because the dynamic between Indiana Jones and his dad, between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery, is so good. It, it's it, so funny. Genuinely, one of the best relationships I, I know. <laughs> I like it. I like it so much. It's really, really good. It's, it's really very well good. done. It like, yeah. You just you get and you see that, and you're like, I, I I believe these people are our father and son. Like, I really believe this. Yeah. Even though Sean Connery really wasn't that much older than Harrison Ford in the movie, which is also really funny. But yeah. it's acting, so it's okay. It's called acting people. But yeah, it's Harrison Ford and Sean Connery together. So like, it, it's got to be great, right? Like, how is that yeah. not? <laughs> it's so good. 
but that's why I picked that one as my favorite because I enjoy Harrison Ford and Sean Connery on the screen at the same time. <clears throat> Fair enough. Blam. Okay. Well, now that we've enraged at least a quarter of the internet. It's true. So one dude typing furiously in the comments like, Temple of Doom <laughs> is the best movie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> can only do so much. That's that's what true. you gotta learn. It's like, I can only... Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Well, I'm glad you got to have that experience. Sounds like it was very good, um, like just experiential kind of thing to go to. Yeah, I think it was. It was fun. Old movie theater, kind of Indiana Jones movies. It's set in like the 1960s too, so it's kind of weird. Get the 60s vibe. Old yeah. movie theater. It's kind of cool, right? Nice little. It's a good movie to see in an old movie theater, I think. Very nice. <clears throat> good. Oh, sorry. Well, out on a walk earlier, I um, inhaled something, probably with wings. And I haven't been able to breathe Probably. right since. So I'm having to mute myself like crazy and I'm drinking some tea. So just a bit. <laughs> Okay. Colin's eating bugs. Mm. Not unlike Temple of Doom. No. Oh. Oh. Got him. Um <laughs> Yeah. Oh goodness. Air Airman, what did you do? What did you do for the fourth? Uh so side note, uh, I realized that it, it was my headphones because I was using wireless ones and so I had to go on a panic run. To see if I could find some headphones that were actually like, like a plug in. So I have some quote unquote legitimate headphones now. Oh, okay. Like, you do sound better. I will tell you that. Yeah. Uh, the other ones, I although I do like, um, they were just like, because th- this is how it sounded to me when you guys talking. Oh, uh, that's. So I have like no idea, and so that half the time I was like. Not good. Duh, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> so, with us, this week's kind of been... Uh, I don't even know what we did all this week, to be completely honest with you. But we... So, Shelby and one of her work friends, and her husband, and myself, we went to the Tulsa Drillers game uh, for 4th of July. Um, after we kind of tiddled around all day, we then went up to... Um, or down to, to Tulsa and for not like super expensive, we got like really good seats. And so we just kind of just sat and um, watched the baseball game. And it was probably one of the best like in-person baseball games I've ever seen because it was like the, the drillers were down and then they came back. And it, it, it was just, it was just a really good baseball game. And so you you managed thing, to watch the only exciting baseball game ever. Yeah. You're telling me. Okay. Um, so the the hype of it was that everyone was saying that this is like going to be the best, it, it, like the biggest and the longest Fourth uh, of July uh, fireworks show that the Drillers or that Tulsa was putting on in general. And so we were like, oh, of course we got to go down and see it. So we went down, watched it, and it's a freaking long game. Although they had a little fish clock. Thing going freaking long, and so after the eleventh inning, the game was oh, finally no. over. Uh, the drillers won, and then they just kept like prolonging it. It's like, hey guys, are you ready for fireworks? Well, before that, like, oh come on. And so we were all like pretty like sunburned, 
and sweaty and we, we were just tired. Um, the, the fireworks went off um, after they did like this uh, Whataburger fundraiser kind of thing. And it, it, it like this thing lasted like 20 minutes of just like pure fireworks. And like it, you don't realize like how like, oh man, we're sitting so close. But like you're sitting really close to the, the stuff that's falling. And so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had some stuff fall on us um, uh, a few times, but it it was a really good like experience because yeah, we were so close. Uh, the friends that we took, they were from Mexico, and so they like yeah, they have like their version of intense day, but they're like, oh, this was like way more intense than what we thought it was. Like, yeah, like who is like you can get like drugs and shoot them. Um, we didn't explain it like that, but it it was just it was just fun to kind of experience all that with them um, in, in a true setting. Uh, the day or the weekend before that, we went up to um, where I originally taught at my first year teaching up in uh, Oshaleta, where they put on a huge like Fourth of July. Um, Thing, which is weird because it's only like a town of like 700 people but like they go like all out in like everything that they do and it's like oh you know you know a few hundred people no this thing has like thousands of people show up in this itty bitty little like town in Oklahoma that like it's just you know throngs of people and they have like a huge softball tournament and it it, it is an experience like that I've never like fathomed before. Cause I'm like, oh, you know, it's just like a little little tiny town, no big deal. Like, no, they, they these people go crazy with their Fourth of July. Like, they do not care like how crazy it gets. Like, there's people like they they started playing softball at like 8 a.m. went all day, and then they didn't get done until like four in the morning the next day. No, that's too much. So, that's yeah. too much. And so, like, they, they, like I said, they, they go all out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's it's not that big a deal. Like, no, there's, like, there's a dude that drove right now from, like, Minnesota. And I'm like, do you, are you from here? He's like, no, I just want to come play softball. Like, sir, are you okay? <laughs> like, why? Um, I did not know the power of softball was that strong. To be honest. I did not know that. But I, th- I think it was just, <laughs> It's just something that they do every year, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And like, because even when I taught there, like I didn't go to it. It's like, oh, you know, you know, small like rural town. Like, oh, it's probably not gonna be that big. Like, no, like this place goes ham. Um, although there was a lot of people who were disgruntled that the fireworks were not quote unquote as big as usual, um, or what they were in the past. I still thought it was a good show. And so I was like, well, I mean, it's still like still pretty good. Like, no, no, it's not as good as it was like last year. But I, a, a tiny town in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, like people turned out for this thing. And I was <laughs> definitely not disappointed. And from what I know about tiny towns is that's what they say about every 4th of July fireworks show ever is it wasn't as good as last year. That's what they always say. It doesn't matter how good the show was. <laughs> never as good as it was last year. Uh, it like these 
these people, like, like I said, they're, they're playing because they're it's it's we it's broken up because there's the park, and then there's like two or three like really weirdly nice softball fields just kind of like tucked away, like in the back, and people are you know cooking and shooting off like little mini fireworks like, in the park, and then there's like a, a whole complete like circus of softball games going on, and it, it's slow pitch softball, so it's like older people playing it, like adults who are just like overly competitive playing it uh and so it's it's it just fascinating to watch this whole like dynamic of people that will will drive hours to come play a softball game in the middle of nowhere oklahoma so i i thought that was was pretty interesting and and it's, I'm, I'm glad i got to experience that and my first you know small town uh fourth of july so that was pretty neat um to go through especially seeing some old students like oh you're a sophomore in high school now you are gigantic because when i saw you you were just an little baby um <laughs> so that that, that that's kind of neat to go back and experience all that although it's just like uh, i don't want to go see people people are gross but that that that's what uh we did friday or did over the weekend and then it was, I think it went up one day and watered the fields. And then it's like, as I was telling Colin, Brad might have heard this um, over a little lull that it, it's been raining weirdly, like a lot. And so I haven't really had to like take care of much of the fields. It's like, oh, it's actually, you know, doing its thing. So I'll probably Taking go up there. care of it itself. Yeah. I'll probably go up there like tomorrow or something and mow because it's Bermuda. It needs to be like kept down like a lot, so I might go go up there tomorrow and, and do some of that for a little bit. See if I can get the stupid sprinkler thing to work, and then just call it a day up there. An hour or two, be done. Very nice. You slight Oklahoma reference, but anytime somebody somebody talks about grass, <clears throat> I have this very specific thing in my mind that triggers. Uh, and it's that, that uh, dang high-powered Kentucky Blue Hemp Super Turf out there, I tell you what. That's oh. uh, from that super old Roy D. Mercer stuff. You guys remember that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Uh, wow, that's like a bingo card. Mm. Deep cut Roy there, Mercer ladies and gentlemen. Deep, deep cut. I, I don't, I don't even know how to explain that to people. Uh, <laughs> anyone want to take a stab at that? <laughs> Holy crap. I, I will I will say I am learning a lot about is is it horticulture horticulture the study of like grass and plants what what is that called yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like plant yeah. husbandry yeah, I am learning way more than I actually like ever thought I would because I was walking around with uh, one of the coaches up there and they're like see this. This is blah blah blah. It will kill and do all this kind of stuff. I'm like it is this grass right here. I'm like I don't know that was you know a lot. I I I, <laughs> I, I have a notebook of like somewhere. I think it's a part of all the like different grasses that mm. are like in the area and like the fertilizer that goes with and what to spray on certain things and people are like. Asking me questions like, "Hey, if we ordered this grass, like, will this work?" But I don't know. I, don't, I didn't know there's more than one grass. I'm sorry. I thought it was all grass. <laughs> so, I am learning so much. Uh, <laughs> it's, 
it's a little panicky sometimes, but oh, cool. uh, I'm not not in any any panic yet. So, hmm. well, I mean, you know who else was a bit panicky at times? Uh was it a, a certain Bilbo? No, who? Oh, oh yeah, segue Bilbo. on me. Bilbo. No, you segue on me. Dad, oh. it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, who, who, nice. <laughs> who who encountered uh, a few things uh, on his travels in chapters four and five of that's right some goblinses goblinses I well believe. and before then some some trolls or some you know mountain not trolls right oh yeah, 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 yeah skipped over like an the entire weird, chapter there the weird like what's in the same chapter just the beginning of the chapter. Well, that's true. Beginning and then the end. Fine, fine. <clears throat> yeah. So <clears throat> when we last left our intrepid hero and his party of many other people, he they were traveling right through the going through the blue mountains, right? Um, to which humorously Bilbo's like, "Oh, is that the mountain?" Like, <laughs> I love that. like <laughs> no. No, we have so a much. Way to go. They were like actively <laughs> offended by that. I was like, yes, <laughs> that, is, that is perfect. <laughs> I mean, historically, there were dwarves in the Blue Mountains. Okay, it's fine. They made their home there. I don't remember which dwarves it was. It wasn't Durin's folk, though. So Bilbo doesn't know. Bilbo sits at home, right, as we have established, in a hole in the ground. Um, <clears throat> right. So again, um, this is a much different chapter than the last chapter, right? Chapter three is three. like short and weird and strange, and it's just sort of expositing things at you. Like Elrond yes. just like happens to know everything, <laughs> which is fine. Moves the story along a little bit. As, yeah, as discussed, that is meant to move the story forward, like hardcore. Yeah, that's just a a function of the narration, right? Because of the narration style of this book, but of the first person narration. But we get to this chapter, and this one is this is a weird one, right? It's kind of a weird chapter because we do start off strange, right? We start off with some sort of very strange, <laughs> like thunderstorm, right? But like. Not really a thunderstorm, apparently. Dun dun dun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, but wait a minute. Are you? Yeah. Are you talking about the thunderstorm in chapter five? Or no, no, are, four. Well, over four is, hill and underhill. Right, but but the the chapter. Yeah, that's. Wait a minute. The the weird thunderstorm. We're talking about when they're up in the mountains. Did I miss something here? Wait. Did I? I, did think I so. read the, yeah, because it's it's the uh, it's the um, the the mount, the stone mound or the stone yeah. giants. Yeah. yeah, they're hurling boulders at each other. Yeah, that's oh, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I am. I am. Wow. I am. I'm way off my game tonight. I am so sorry. Yeah. Jim Aaron's picking up what I'm putting down. Good job, Aaron. Yeah. I, Aaron, thank you, Aaron, for for found it. <laughs> yeah, I. Yes, I I understand. Yeah, because we're we're an overhill and underhill. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. I I got this. I'll I'll stop talking. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right, you continue talking now that you know where we are because this is like a really weird, just like side thing. It's just like, oh, by the way, I believe the actual line is, wait, more than a thunderstorm, a thunder battle. You're like, what? Yes. The heck, yeah. <laughs> Tolkien, are you on about? It was what in the world? You can't tell if it's like hyperbolic or if there are actually giant storm trolls like flinging things at each other, which is what it seems to imply, right? Yes. It's very weird. <clears throat> the giants guffawing and shouting all over the mountainsides. What? I don't... Yeah, no, this is... <laughs> yeah. This was definitely an interesting... Uh, like, it's part of that world building of, like, didn't like uh, of like uh, one a, a weird explanation for for the you know thunder clashes and thunderstorms, but also a um, well obviously right sure you may have natural thunderstorms, but also there are giants that throw rocks at each other right that's just part of where these sounds come from obviously it, right? it reminds me of um uh, Rip Van Winkle right when they talk about the sound of thunder is the little dudes playing nine pins in the mountains yeah. Right? That's what it reminds me of. That's the illusion. Yeah. That I, I don't know if that is intended, but that's what I think about. Because like you said, like, is it an alternate explanation? Are there actually trolls and giant stone golems flinging things at each other? I remember when Colin's favorite movie, The Hobbit, came out, and this part mm. is in there. A lot mm. of people were like, mad. You know, they're like, that's not really what he meant. You're like, did you read this page? Did you read the same page? This is literally what it says. Okay. (laughs) You can be mad at Peter Jackson for a lot of things. You can't really be mad at him for that because Tolkien literally wrote like right here. (laughs) He did. He did. Yeah. There's no getting around that. This part. Like there's, it just is what it is. People like maybe you don't like that part. Maybe you think it's weird, but Tolkien wrote it down. Yeah. He's it's in in the book guys. They were hurling rocks at one another for a game and catching them and tossing them down in the darkness where they smashed among the trees far below or splintered into little bits with a bang. Yep. That's what it says. Yep. I just read it. Come well, on. <laughs> when you read it like that, it makes it sound like it's supposed to be there, right? That's yeah, right? I mean, exactly. It's just not fun. <laughs> I'd love, I want to be angry about this. Yeah. When he peeped out the lightning flashes, he saw that across the valley, the stone giants were out. There you go. Right. Regardless, this event is what causes them to seek shelter. Right. Uh Because clearly, whatever's going on outside, you don't want to be there. Indeed. Indeed. This is a bad place to be. Yeah. You must flee with a quickness. Okay. So we have to find some shelter. Which they do. Right. Unfortunately. (laughs) uh, Well, yeah. Well, that's what. So so we task Feely and Keely with this. You know, which is a plan, I, I guess. Um, <laughs> they come back. We found a dry cave, they said, not far on the corner. And Gandalf says to them, have you thoroughly explored the cave? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tiny. You can't go. It's, it's fine. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I I love this next line. <laughs> it's part of this story. And I, I like it's It's just like a great piece of life advice, just in general. like. It's like, no, it's about, well, it doesn't go far back. And then it goes, this, 
of course, is the dangerous part of caves. You don't know how far they go back sometimes, or a passage may lead to, or what is waiting for you inside. <laughs> just like, th- no, this, this is the dangerous part of caves. You don't know where they go. Like, I just, I love that so much. It's like, yes, what wonderful words of advice. <laughs> yeah, it's some good use of some foreshadowing, right? Like, Gandalf doesn't believe them. They're like, oh, it's fine. The narrator being like, you never know with caves, though, right? Who can tell? <laughs> so, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if this were being, uh, yeah, if this were being narrated by, oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, gosh. Oh, my name just, uh, this, you know, if the, if the, the narrator would hear, just be like, it was in fact not okay right oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's morgan freeman morgan like, freeman's voice it yeah, was exactly. in fact <laughs> the cave was in fact not safe right right so we go inside we lay out all our stuff get it all laid out because it's all soggy you know <clears throat> and then we go to bed right where bilbo dreams that the floor of the cave was giving way and he was slipping beginning to fall down into goodness knows what and then he woke up and the floor was giving away and he was <laughs> and he was indeed slipping down into who knows goodness was in, not a dream after all right <laughs> yes unfortunately his nightmare became true yes we go down we have some more goblin singing everyone loves goblin right well that you have you left out the part where Gandalf slips away because oh, of course, because Gandalf is actually a burglar, right? Turns okay, out apparently, Gandalf was the burglar all along. He was That's the one that they actually needed to hire. They just did not. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Gandalf slipping away. He's like the biggest one by far in his party, right? He's only like a tall person. He's also a wizard. I mean, it's true. You got to give. I mean, there's a little. Oh, give him a little bit of props for that, right? Like. Is a, a lot wizard. of these can be just explained with him going wizard. Okay, gotcha. Like True. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> <clears throat> Pushes up glasses. Actually, it's not. It's more than a wizard. Angel, whatever. Describe blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he's an angel, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's fine. Right. It's a Maiar. Anyway, that's not important right now. <laughs> Nobody reading this in 1937 knew that. No, just and we're not supposed to. So it's fine, people. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's okay. It's not necessary. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. So Gandalf sneaks off and we get brought to the great goblin king. Oh no. Oh no. He doesn't like dwarves in his uh, <clears throat> house. Right? We do here get some more of that just like random sort of like sprinkling of a larger story because it's like you cut you kind of get here like nope goblins and dwarves don't like each other they mention like the great battle of moria a few times uh-huh. before this right they just like throw it in there at the great the goblin wars and they're like oh yeah the goblin wars and so you the reader are like what what do you mean the goblin what, goblin what? Wars? <laughs> yeah. like, now wait a minute i didn't know hold on don't tell me about you didn't tell me there was goblin wars. That's right. weird. <laughs> they sort of like brush it over. Like, yeah, everyone knows about the goblin wars. You're like, uh, Obviously. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and then have some more like really 
a little too much over explaining about why the goblins don't like the sword that Thorin has. Oh, sure. <laughs> right. Get a little bit too much talk about like how they immediately see the sword and know that it is a first age sword from Gondolin forged to fight goblins and in the war against Morgoth. Like that's how, how they know this. Weird. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, I don't know. What either. kind of Presumably descriptive is, uh, lore, like songs were passed down from one goblin to another. Like I just, <laughs> I don't know, but it's very confusing for me. I mean, I don't know how long goblins live. I don't know if they live as long as elves do. But it, it, this this sword has been in a troll horde for who knows how long, right? And they're just like, oh yeah, it's Ochrist, the great sword of Gondolin forged in the first age to fight goblins. You're like, what? Because obviously. How do you know that? Like, what? Is- right. Right. <laughs> so weird. What goblin was standing there with the little history book being like, oh no, <laughs> I've yeah. been, war- been warning no. you guys. I mean, maybe it's because it's glowing blue, right? Maybe well, the goblins know. Probably a, that good, a dead giveaway. Yeah. Goblins know that the only reason that this, these particular swords glow in the presence of goblin and orc kind is because the, the elves of Gondolin had such a hatred for orcs and Morgoth, right? We know in Middle Earth that whenever you craft a thing, part of you gets put into the thing, right? Yes. That's foreshadowing for later as well. But the reason that they go, this is a fun fact for you if you don't know, the reason that they glow blue is because Gondolin so hated the orcs and goblins that this hatred is manifested into the sword that it glows every time it's in the presence of one. Huh. There you go. Huh. There you go. Well, that's um, a fun fact. You can impress did- all your friends at dinner parties with that one. Mm, um, <laughs> Interesting. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's that, that is a common theme. People glowing with rage with, I mean, throughout the rest of this book, like that does come up a couple more times of like, they're glow, like there's a, there's a physical manifestation of an internal feeling or attribute. I'll say. Yeah, that is interesting because that is like, that becomes a fantasy trope basically from now on. Right. Yeah. Like this sort of like, that kind of thing is like it's common in fantasy now it basically starts here right this is the first sprinklings of that right and that's again that's kind of what Tolkien kind of thought about right I don't know if this is a metaphor for like a lot of things probably like I don't know if he thought about himself in this way which is kind of interesting thing to think about like did he think about he's putting a lot of himself in these books as well, uh-huh. because he is. Whether or not he sometimes he refutes it in like interviews and letters, he's like, "No, it's not." Blah blah. And you're like, mm, "Did you read what you wrote there, J.R.R.? Because <laughs> sounds a bit like <laughs> a wee bit." You know, he's always like, "Oh yes, this is devoid of Catholicism, or this doesn't have anything to do with my experience in World War One." You're like, mm. uh, "Maybe not consciously." <laughs> But, you know, when you're talking about these big battles, and I know that you fought in the Battle of the Somme, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, mm, uh, yeah, I don't, <clears throat> you know, again, when we talk about 
the relationship between Frodo and Sam, right? And we talk about like the relationship between like World War One British officers and the people that served under them. Like mm, you're telling me there's no connection at all, Tolkien. Come on, I don't believe you, buddy. Don't even, like, <laughs> don't even ask. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, how did anyway? Aaron, how did your uh, your your version handle this? I was interested because you're you're reading a slightly different take on this, right? Yes. So my graphic novel. Uh, so when I got this years ago at the Barnes and Noble in Springfield. This was like the first real um, Tolkien piece I've ever read. And so I had no idea that this was a part of like an expanded universe or different kinds of lore or anything remotely close. And so that's okay because you're not supposed to. Because when people yeah. read The Hobbit for the first time, they didn't know either. Yeah. But mine's, mine's weird. So it has like the narration part, which I guess it from the way you guys said things is from like the Hobbit itself. And then like the dialogue that the characters have are also part of it. But when you guys are talking out, cause you're on, we're on chapter what for you all? Uh, four. four, four. And what page does these cover? Uh, like 50 something. My yeah, page so, my, is 52. Okay. 52 so, to 64. Chapter four. Okay. Actually. So I'm on page right now where he holds up the goblin cleaver. It is 35. Um, yeah. the the illustration of it especially when I first read this I was like uh, you know I they're the goblins are green they're grotesque they have sharp teeth they're disformed or disfigured and so it's like oh this is clearly like not a good vibe that the dwarves are going through and like bad vibe awful and, yeah and you know um, Donald here he's he's very like he's looking sincere like oh we're uh, we were on a journey to visit our relatives uh, who live on the, the east side of these truly hospitable mountains. Oh, yes. Uh, he's a the, liar. Oh, truly tremendous one. And so the like, lying does not go well. Yeah. And so it like it's pulling up all this stuff. And then the next part where um, they they escape, it's like immediate action. There's fire. There's, you know, explosives because they have it, with this. It has like uh, slash them, beat them, bite them mash them and then like all the fire goes out and then it's like yeah that's in here whoosh, yeah. oh real and you don't you don't you can't tell that gandalf is oh wait what yeah sorry real quick on that um uh tolkien here inserts uh something that i don't know how to categorize where he says the yells yammering croaking gibbering and jabbering howls growls and curses shrieking and striking that followed were beyond description several hundred wild cats and wolves being roasted slowly alive together would not have compared with it I'm sorry, what? Uh, <laughs> that is a bit of an an odd way to describe that, right? Like, you should be familiar yeah. with what that sounds like. What, like what, uh, is, what slowly roasting cats and wolves is like. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Aaron, you can continue. I was just like, yeah, oh my odd. gosh. Oh, no, you're... Yeah, it's... I don't get into any of, of that part. But it's, I mean, like you, you can definitely tell, I mean, mostly from the illustrations like that, 
this is a um a part of the book where it, it people are uncomfortable it's you know completely by surprise but you, it, it's definitely got the the whole you know the expressions of everything kind of really sells it for me because it's like, oh, these people are clearly bad. And then it's like, you're supposed to feel sincere for, for Bilbo. And I mean, he even says, oh dear. And then like, you see, but in, in this illustration, uh, the sword is actually red. Uh, uh-huh. well, that doesn't say, kinda, it just says glow, I believe. Yes. Right. And so in, in this, it, um, that sword is, it, it's going red. Yeah, so, it's in the, the movies and it glows blue. It, in the yeah. book, it just says glow. That's all yeah. it says. It doesn't give and you so a color in, or anything like that. With, with these next few pages, we got 36, 37, 38. There's a lot of um, greens, reds. Uh, the dwarves are wearing... They, they kind of more... In this, they look more like gnomes than anything. They have like floppy hats, you know, cloaks, um... Yeah, but but then there's the long beards, their age, um, and so there's a lot of vibrant colors. And then the next part, you know, oh, there's there's Gandalf in his blue, um, where Bilbo gets his disappearance. It's like the world shrinks, and it's a lot of darker colors, a lot of grays. And then he finds something. And then oh, that's the that. next chapter. We're almost there. Yeah. No, we're not. There. Oh, you guys are not that far yet. Okay. So, but it, it, this. Well, that's part, chapter five. <laughs> Well, mine doesn't have chapters. It just I know, so I'm telling leads you. Into one anyway, thing. now we're on to yeah. chapter five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yes. yeah. Well, okay. So, so cut, cut to, yes, they run away. Um, Gandalf springs with light and uh, the uh, great, because uh, this, this will come. I know that, well, this, we don't know it right now, but this was a, in a, a poor choice. I mean, it was needed to be done, but the Goblin King is beheaded um, there in front of everybody, right? This. Yeah. Well, the goblins oh. love that, I'm sure. And then they run away. Anyway, mine, oh, mine. He is slashed through the stomach with a scrang sound. S C H R A N N G. Oh dear, scrang! And then the other, uh, other oh. goblins like glam drink. We are lost. We are doomed. Uh, the full, uh, the faux hammer beater. And then uh, it it has an image of Gandalf's hand saying, "Follow me, quick." And then they scamper away. Yeah. Well, yeah. In this one, and then, um, and then they, uh, I, th- there's a funny thing where Dory is having to carry Bilbo out here, and he's complaining that he has to carry Bilbo, and it's this, you know, it's it's like you don't, uh, you don't have to carry him. That's why I can't run as far. But yes, then they True. they they delve down, <laughs> and uh, um, Bilbo kind and of in in another theme for all the Lord of the Rings, Bilbo falls. Uh, that's just and, a recurring theme in all tokens work. Somebody's falling off of something all yeah. the time. Um, <clears throat> but what does he do specifically? He bonks his head. That's true. <laughs> right? He bonked his head. Oh, you know, it's treacherous. And now, story, wear a helmet. Yes, right. <clears throat> but now, when Bilbo opened his eyes, he wondered if he had, or if it was just dark as if it was with him shut. Uh, he is down in the in you know trying to figure out where he is, right? And then kind of, yeah, like Aaron said, he just sort of like nonchalantly stumbles upon just a little, little something, something you know, seems inconsequential <laughs> for now. Dun, dun, dun. You know, 
<laughs> I also like that the first thing he did was like he felt to see if his pipe was broken. Right. Well, it was like priority. He's like, right? oh, is my pipe broke? Oh, okay. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> my, my tobacco's still here? Okay, good. All right. All right I'm good. good I go. have everything I need. <laughs> yeah. Tell me again how how that's not a self insert character, Tolkien. Huh? Tell me how Shh, that's okay. not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not necessary, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, somewhere around here, he just sort of finds a little thing, right? Just like, I was trying to find the page that actually happens on here, where we have a big. It's just like very inconsequential. It's just not even anywhere. It's just like, oh, oh yeah. Look at this. Hmm. Oh, yeah, right here. It was a turning point in his career, but he did not know it. He put the ring in his pocket almost without thinking. Certainly did not seem of any particular use at the moment. I love it. He did not go much further. And I love this theme that that comes up of like this this theme of of chance or in some cases like a, a predestination kind of thing. In, in in life or throughout the story of these very small inconsequential events that quote unquote just happen, right? They just happen to characters or they're just in the right place at the right time or or they they meet the right person or something happens and it sets so many things in motion, right? That um, now reading into like knowing the the later lore like you look back at this one minute and be like wow this was not even connected or was it to all of this other stuff but look what happened look where it led what Um, we learn later what we learn much later right and what you would not know in 1937 and what tolkien didn't know when he wrote this because we must mention again that this chapter is the most rewritten part of the hobbit Right. After Tolkien is famous for rewriting things, right? So uh-huh. his thing, right? But after the Lord of the Rings came out, <clears throat> what he had to do was go back to the Hobbit and sort of retroactively fix some stuff so that they f- set together uh-huh. more more seamlessly, right? Because originally he was not intending to write that. Right. It was this was just gonna be it. He just was gonna write this and be like, okay, here you go, whatever. I'm going to sell this book. I need some money to work on my Silmarillion. Right. right. (laughs) And his publishers all like, tell us more about hobbits. And he's like, I don't have any more hobbit stories. I I am literally fresh. Yeah. So what we later learn is that, you know, whenever it says he picked it up without even thinking about it, that's code for he didn't really have a choice in the matter. Right. Yeah. Thing was, speaking to him but he didn't realize that at the time right he just thought it was like oh hey this is cool let's go pick it up right it's like you just find something on the ground you just put it in your pocket yeah of course that's what it does like seeing kids do right <laughs> you know all the time at school kids would be like yo like where'd you get that I'm like i don't know found it in the hallway like, and you just decided to pick it up why it's a rubber band what are you doing why are you doing <laughs> why not i i wanted it it was my birthday it was my present right that's anyway <laughs> ah yes <laughs> <laughs> but anyway and i'm going to be interested to hear some more 
more from Aaron here in a minute because I want to know what his looks like here. But we go down. Bilbo kind of stumbles his way down. He finds some water. And then Bilbo realizes he is not alone down here in the bottom of the mountain. Oh, or what a- there is another denizen of these dark halls. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a creepy way to set this up. Hold on. I had this highlighted for a moment um, where he's describing the kind of, oh yeah, where he, he write this. Um, uh, there are strange things living in the pools and lakes and the hearts of mountains. Fish whose fathers swim in goodness knows only how many years ago and never swim out again with their eyes grew bigger and bigger. Um, even in the tunnels and caves, goblins had made for themselves or other things living, living unbeknown to them that have sneaked in from outside to lie up in the dark. I, I you just, he's just like, that is some good. this with, like, <laughs> with ancient, deep, dark, secret, unknown. It's just, oh, it's, it's so wonderful. Like, I just love it so much. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good little scene setting. It's just a couple sentences, but you're kind of like, oh, because you're like, okay, there's this thing down here. What else is down here? I don't know. Nobody right. knows, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, finds and he meets Gollum. <laughs> Though he always called himself my precious weird habit but you know whatever um, surely there's nothing to that right <laughs> no no it's fine it's no worries <laughs> <laughs> so we get down here Gollum you know because he lives in a cave in the dark and uh, you know wants to eat Bilbo because you know he looks tastier than goblins it turns Which is out. a compliment, I think. Yes. Right? I think if you're tastier than a goblin, that's probably a good thing. Right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad thing, I guess. Like, it's not a... <laughs> it's just a weird thing, though. Right? Very. It's a bit of a weird thing. Um, so Bilbo tries to talk to him. You know? And he's trying to figure out how to get through to this very strange little creature that he's speaking with. Right? Um, so he's trying to ask it how to get out of here and you know Gollum decides mm, he's really hungry Um, but he does like riddles and he you know goblins don't play riddle games so maybe this Bilbo character will play a game with it so he decides to play a game of riddles right a rather high stakes game of riddles I must say uh, because the conditions are thus. Um, win, and I will show you the door. Lose, and I eat you. Which, um, <laughs> playing for keeps there, you know, Bilbo, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, that that took, I, um, not that the, str- not that the, uh, uh, stakes weren't already high, but like this took it and was just like, boom, like <laughs> way way up all of a sudden right like it went to 11 real quick right really like, did right it was um it was crazy yeah. i mean not crazy but just it really amped it up and it was all of a sudden it was like oh this is a like 
this is really all of a sudden just personally like before it was a kind of a group and it was like oh i'm caught up in this and now but this is a very like one-on-one staring in the face as best you can in the gloom and the dark by the lake at the heart of the mountain like immediate personal terror like personal personal terror yeah i mean getting eaten by a weird dude that lives on an island in the middle of an underground lake under a mountain pretty terrifying right i'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah not the way not the way anyone wants uh, to go no sure. so aaron how is your book at this spot what is it doing like what's so, it reading like here or like when it introduces Gollum, so it, it has the same part where uh uh all and but the way it introduces Gollum, if this Especially when, like, when I was younger, this is like the one thing that really stuck with me for this book because it shows in one panel it shows Bilbo, you know, there's a lake and cavern and there's a little island, and then the next panel underneath it, there shows it, it, it's all black um, with dark purple and like clear water, poster water. Um, there's a boat and then there's a figure sitting there. And the next panel it shows the same boat and figure a little closer, but it shows like because in the in the first panel. It shows like, oh, that looks like a human, looks like a small boy, whatever. But the next panel, you can see like this hunched over and like see like the ridges of the spine, like the eye that's turned back to look. And like, and, like boom, there was a paddling towards him in the first conversation. And Bilbo has a thing out, illuminating everything. And it was kind of, especially when I was younger, like it was super freaky. Because again, I didn't know what a golem was. I didn't know what anything of this was. Like, oh, you know, in the art of graphic noveling, that's a really good job. That terrified me. Thank you so much for that. And like, ah, yeah. like with this, it, it, it shows kind of like the fear that Bilbo has, but then he becomes comfortable, comfortable in talking to him. But the back and forth that Gollum has. And just the, like, he's kind of like a weird, like, vampiric-looking creature. Um, just the way, like, his head's, like, deformed and, like, his teeth. He, he kind of reminds me of, like, a, a creepier Nosferatu um, in this, but it, it shows that... Like, <laughs> Get creepier than that? That's weird. <laughs> right? But it, yeah. it just, it just Yikes. shows that, that the, like, his, like, he's been down here a while. Uh, and their whole back and forth conversation um, to me and kind of how like it shows the fact that Gollum has not had like a true person to talk to in like a long time and in the next few panels it shows like when they're having these conversations back and forth kind of the delight that Gollum has in talking to somebody because like it shows that he's kind of like rocking like because he's not like on the land he's like rock rocking back and forth like on the boat and so like like this childlike wonder and like answering these these riddles and questions and how it kind of like he's having joy in this and that's to me like the creepier part it's like oh like yeah like i'm gonna eat you but i'm gonna have fun in doing it and so that to me is like the true like creepiness of like of this whole thing that happens because like Bilbo is in danger, but when you're reading the panels and looking at it, it's like, oh, he's not like in that much danger, is he? And I, I to me, that's the part that's like, oh, this is 
what's going to happen? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little more, in, I'm a little more invested in it now because it, it's, it's pulling you in, and it's like, oh, they're just doing riddles, and oh, flipping over the next page, and then it's like Bilbo's stumped, and then you see like this, the well, this is page forty-eight for me, the the, the dark twistedness of Gollum. He's like the panels show him like getting out of his boat and like crawling in the water. Uh, he had a feeling that the answer was quite different and that he ought to know it, but he could not think of it. Um, and it shows like Gollum's eyes peering out of the water as he's slowly like closing in on Bilbo. Because like the paint in front of it is like, oh, they're having fun with this. And then you flip it over, it's like, oh, uh, this is just a little bit darker than I thought. And this is not at all what I was expecting. So it, it this part. Besides, like the coloring of all the backgrounds is different. This was the real, like, different turning point to me in the book or in my graphic novel because it's not like, you know, there, there's no bright, bright colors, there's no vibrant things, there's not many characters, just this guy and this. It's like, oh, it's calm, it's playful, it's witty, and then it's dark. So that's that's the part that I really enjoy in this. And this, this, these pages go on for a while, and you get to really see all of Gollum's characters and his, his emotions come out and his snarls and his, his howls that he has here. Um, to me, that's that's the real, not joy, but interesting part of this. because You're like, oh, I'm expecting something different. Oh, it's like, he's going to eat him. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's really cool to hear that the, that does that because the uh, it really mirrors kind of what I was thinking about how the book kind of uh, the not the book version talks about it because it is it's a slow ramp, right? Because at the yeah. beginning, you're right, the riddles are just like, oh, that one's easy, ah, yeah, I got that, that's no problem, and then just sort of like very slowly, they start to get harder, and kind of Bilbo realizes that this guy is serious in these stakes, right? Yeah. It's not like happy fun time, right? And so I, yeah. that's kind of the the thing that I got out of just reading it too, is like it's it's a slow buildup. Because the first one, they're like literally like, oh, that's, that's easy. It's this, right? Blah, blah. The next one, oh yeah, that was no problem. Give me that one. And then like it takes, it just sort of progressively every time somebody tells a riddle, it takes progressively longer and longer for the other person to think of the answer. Right. <laughs> right. And yeah, because they get harder and they're and like, you see both uh, of them struggling more and more, getting more and more frustrated. Right. And uh, also, the, the you, see, you see, can just feel the panic in Bilbo and increasing with each passing question. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but you can see the franticness in Gollum as well because he wants to win too, right? For very different reasons. But like, he's very hungry struggling more and more as well he's you know <clears throat> dealing with the a few apples short of a full cart i believe is the saying but um <laughs> he's doing that and then and then we get to the end right and bilbo cheats question mark bilbo cheater question mark don't know right um hey he, he just literally I, can't think i of mean anything. the thing is is bilbo said it not intending it for to be his thing um, just blurted out and he rolled with it because 
uh, Gollum didn't call him on it, right? <laughs> Gollum would yeah. played it, and so Bilbo was like, "Oh, okay. Well, this is yeah. Of course, that was my yeah, yeah. That's a good one." Well, <laughs> also, if we think about this as a reader now, did Bilbo ask that question, or did the ring? <laughs> Well, anyway, dun, right, dun, we, dun, don't, dun. we don't know. We can't say that. We have no idea. Uh-huh. I can ask that question. I want to know. <laughs> right. Anyway, you know, whatever he asks, what have I got in my pocket? I think he's just like Colin said, he's just thinking out loud, right? He's just like panicking. I, my mind well, is drawn a blank. Well, I'm and, in this high stress situation. And if I you think know. he, he put it in his pocket without, thinking about it so i think i don't even think he knew what was in his pocket at first because he yeah right like that's that's another aspect of this as well it's kind of like he was put his hand in his pocket to think and then all of a sudden like out loud was like what is this (laughs) yeah exactly exactly right and and uh the uh old golem there picked it up and uh ran with it yeah but here's the other part right here's the other part that's weird and i think the very subtle nature of uh, this is like is it important, right? So Gollum can't guess, right? Bilbo wins question mark asterisk right? Um, and then Gollum's like, all right, yeah, yeah. Bilbo's going, okay. You told me I'd take you out. Gollum's like, did I now? Did I say that? Yeah. And he sort of like disappears, right? He kind of goes away. He sneaks away again. And why is he sneaking away? What is he planning on doing? Right. Ooh. This Who is the knows? part that's that's like really ramped up the tension here is he's he's paddling back to his little island. Uh-huh. Kind of like being all sneaky and subterfuge because he is good. He wants to go get the ring from where its hiding place is. <clears throat> because he knows about it. He spent a lot of time with it. At this point, it's not made clear how long, but it's a long time. Spoilers. Um, <clears throat> he knows what the ring is, right? And even says in here that this is a ring of power. And Gollum knows that if you put it on, it can make you invisible. So Gollum is just planning on murdering Bilbo anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, that's fine. I'll be He's like, right nah, back. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He has no intention of playing fair with this. Yeah. No, he's, he's just gonna kill him anyway, right? He's like, ah, yes, my present. That's what I want. That's what he wants now. So he goes and he's, you know, sneaking as he's wont to do. Um, and Bilbo the whole time is confused because Gollum is just sort of talking and Bilbo's like, what the heck is he mumbling about? What's going on here? I don't understand, right? Um, <clears throat> and he wanted to sneak up and murder Bilbo. And so he goes back and now he discovers that, you know, it's not where he left it, right? And now he becomes enraged, (laughs) right? Uh Because he is now, his brain is clicking into gear and he's saying, my thing is lost. What do you have in your 
stinking pocket anyway, you filthy no good piece of you know, like <laughs> Yeah, his his wheels start turning, right? He's yeah, he's definitely thinking. <laughs> and it even says down here, you know, as far as Bilbo knew, there was no particular reason why he should not tell him, right? But he just kind of had a feeling that maybe he shouldn't just mention it just right. because he's so agitated. Um <laughs> <laughs> maybe I won't bring it up right uh, and then you know Bilbo is like confused and he's like what do you mean what have you lost and Gollum is not going to tell him you know mustn't ask us not it's business yes uh, <laughs> and, and then we get to this Gollum was on him before Bilbo could do anything recover his breath pick himself up or wave his sword Gollum passed by taking no notice of him Right, uh, because as he was running, you know, he put the ring on somehow magically. Right uh-huh. again, the ring found its way out to his finger, and uh, you know, he's sort of absentmindedly, he just sort of quietly slipped it on his groping forefinger, like while he was just had his hand in his pocket, he just like put it on, right not really intentionally just sort of like absentmindedly did it. Was it the ring or was it Bilbo? I'll never know, but uh, he does. And he falls down. Gollum just runs by him. And Bilbo's like, what the, what the heck? (laughs) So we have Bilbo discovering what the ring is, is able to do also Mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Great. I love how it's it's not a uh, like in this exact moment when tensions were like at their highest, he discovers the power of the ring and is slipping past. Like it's it's not like he figured out like any another book would have had him accidentally like do this while a goblin had passed by. And so like or, you know, previously so that he knew the power of the ring going into this and knew Mm. knew about it and, and. was trying to figure out how best he could do this to get away or whatever. But this was just a, again, this did it happen by chance, right? What, what was mm-hmm. driving this? What's the force pushing all this forward? It's true. And again, we know since this is a heavily rewritten chapter, we can infer here that the ring needed to leave. And yes. so it's sort of spurring these events on, right? Like, mm-hmm. Let's go. I can, here's my chance to escape this cave. Let's get out of here. Anyway, Bilbo sort of figures out that he's invisible, kind uh-huh. of, sort of. And he just starts following Gollum because <clears throat> Gollum is basically talking out loud like he does, talking about maybe he goes to the exit. And so he starts running towards the door. Uh, and so Bilbo, obviously, you just follow him, right? This is clearly what you do in this case. Of course. <laughs> Uh, and that's pretty much it, right? He just goes down, follows him through, uh, and he escapes, right? He gets to some, there's some, like, goblins in the way. He has to, like, jump over like, Gollum. Yeah, he jump, jumps right? over Gollum, squeezes through a tight door, right? Loses oh, some yeah, buttons. rips his buttons off, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. And then he is now outside, right? The last lines of this chapter are, Bilbo had escaped. Uh-huh. So he's escaped for now. For now, because dun, dun, dun. next chapter, <laughs> next chapter, foreshadowing out of the frying pan into the fire. 
which I just yeah. love. <laughs> so but this to me, this chapter um really amped up the stakes. Like it really just ratcheted this up uh, to a whole other level that we have not experienced before. And and I don't think we will for the rest of this book. Like this chapter five. I know it's been heavily re- re- revised and, and revisited and, and whatever, but like it is such a weird high point in the entirety of the book. Not because we obviously we don't know the significance of the ring and blah, 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 but just like the amount of tension that is written into this, like the amount of like, the, again, the, the personal stakes in this are higher than there will ever, ever be for the, for the rest of the book. <laughs> well, I don't know about, ever be i mean there is another creature in another underground (laughs) thing later on the the stakes are pretty high there i'm not gonna lie that's a bit well (laughs) that's true i just i think to me this this chapter it just personally like it once you get to through this chapter like yeah those other things are going to happen but like it really hits you in the face in this one. Like it is so, and I think because it's the setting of like, this is a face to face. Like you can like the, the, I don't know. Like it just, it feels a lot more personable or personal. Uh, I, I just from how the interaction is going. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's a weird high point in the story for me. Well, that's true. It's also a good, I think when you compare it, <clears throat> we won't compare it to what's to come because we haven't got there yet. Listeners. We don't know what's but coming up. Who knows? If we knows? can compare it to <clears throat> what we've had already, right? Like these two chapters versus chapter two with the trolls, like, yeah, whatever. Like that was kind of bad, but like the trolls are bumbly, right? They're not like, a real threat, you know, like they got in a tight spot, <clears throat> they got out of it, but it didn't really feel dangerous because the trolls are like dumb and like goofy. It was just kind of weird, right? So like, goofy and silly. And like, even though they're like about to get eaten, it was still all very like lighthearted and like weird. <clears throat> this chapter, though, even the goblins are like, oh, hold on. The goblins are serious. Yeah. They're not really messing around, right? <clears throat> and then you take that and then you go from that danger to the golem thing. And you're right, like the danger level, like the further Bilbo goes away from his house, the more danger he is encountering and the more serious that danger is. Right? Like the golem yeah. is not playing, right? Like Golem was going to murder him. That was his plan. Right. He was gonna drown him, probably. <clears throat> right. Sneak up behind him and choke him. That was his plan. So that the the as we're as we continue to step further and further away from Hobbiton, the danger level represented is increasing like exponentially. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> and we're going to have more dangers to come, right? So <clears throat> that's gonna increase until the ultimate destination, which spoilers, there's it's not great there either. Um, so we turns <laughs> out, right? <laughs> turns out that's a turns out it's dangerous. Wow, for the left in the first place. <laughs> I don't know better. Mm. Yeah, we get this like we're kind of getting that rear right. It's like ratcheted up significantly 
than yeah. before. Whereas like, you know, earlier it was kind of like, haha, those trolls are dumb. Now it's like, oh, I almost died. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> right. So it is like a turning point for Bilbo personally. I'm like, oh, <clears throat> this is serious and I need to be careful because it's getting real out here. Which we will see more of coming soon. Coming soon. Aaron, any closing remarks? Uh, no, I think you guys pretty much touched on it a lot. Um, I know when I was younger and I got to this part, like I was, I don't know if I was just like emotionally drained from like seeing a just before, but I think it, the pace kind of quickens, like pickens up, picks up because it's, oh, well, there's like, because to me, like, this is kind of a halfway, like, kind of in the middle, and, like, the, the theme, to me, kind of changes. The whole, like, oh, hey, now we're kind of in a hurry uh, to get through stuff because everything's kind of being drugged along, and, you know, things need to change. You know, there, there's more stuff about to happen that we, that we need to get to, and the, the tempo, to me, changes, and, you know, the light, like, oh, whimsical, oh, haha, look how funny it is. So, like, okay, no, this is serious. This is real life. You know, we got stuff. And I think, at least at this point from now on, it, it's a completely different book, or at least the second half. And I can kind of see why the movie did it that way, because the first Hobbit movie, this is where the end of the wait, right? Yeah. This is where yeah, the, pretty end much, of yeah. the movie, like, the first movie stopped. Because to me, it, it changes tempo of, hey, now there's more to come. You're right. And yeah, so that, that's kind of my closing statement to this. It's like, oh, you know, it's good. It's fun. Oh, we're on a, we're on a neat little journey to, oh, crap, we're captured. Oh, this is going on. And then it kind of tumbles uh, from there. Yeah, I think that's a good kind of way to think about it, right? Like, like the stakes have ramped up, right? We've well, Bill has all died three times now, yeah. so he's kind of like <laughs> in rather quick succession. Yeah, he, right? the other, just, yeah, right. Like not too far away from each other, and so yeah, the pace is definitely kind of increasing. And there, as we'll travel, right, we are on a deadline, right, and so uh-huh. there is like this sense of urgency of like we have to try to overcome this because we have to get to our destination at a certain time because we that's we're there's a magical door thing and we need to get to the magical door thing on the day. Right. And it's still far away. So we have to like, so you are right. The pace does kind of quicken and it starts to get more hectic and more frantic and things. Cause like at the beginning, right. They were just like casually riding the horses around and blah, blah, blah. And now we're like panicking because now we don't have stuff. We don't have horses anymore. We don't have this. We don't have blah, blah, blah. Like it's the situation is all of a sudden much more dire than it was at the beginning of chapter four, right? <clears throat> Before the storm. Um, we don't have equipment. We don't have horses. We don't have food. We don't have whatever. You know, at this point, we don't even, Bilbo doesn't even have his friends. He just escaped the building by himself or the mountain. That's it. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and so we're not, we're not in a great spot, <laughs> you know, just like as things go. Um, and so, yeah, I think you're right. I think from here, it does really increase in urgency increase mm-hmm. in like intensity increase, yeah all that stuff kind of just kind of ramps up so these this is kind of like the the screw right we're putting the screw to this story and really kind of ramping up everything 
basically from here. Yeah. On. <clears throat> All right. So yeah, here we go. Yeah. Well, and we will we will continue that in the discussion next time over chapters six and seven. Or <laughs> whatever we decide we need to read them over through. We'll discuss it after this. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> It's to Aaron. It's to write before they get to the Merkwood. Yes. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So they Olsgum uh, blah. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, none of that. Yeah. No, we haven't read it yet. We don't know. Stop. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. Well, hopefully. The, yeah. Go ahead. I was saying, Aaron for Aaron, the, I think kind of where we're going to stop next time is like right when they are getting ready to go into Merkwood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. It. Yeah. That's what it is. Since you don't have chapters, that's kind of where we'll be. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully y'all's week uh, goes better than uh, Bilbo's has so far. And uh, hopefully, yes. If it doesn't, hopefully yours ends with uh, Bilbo's having that you have escaped, right? That hopefully that's <laughs> a phrase we can all hope to write at the end of our week as we escaped. Indeed, uh, no, we have escaped. <laughs> <laughs> so with that to look forward to, uh, we'll, yes. uh, we'll wrap it. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> Love you too. Bye. Bye.